Welcome to Two Men On, ladies and gentlemen. 110%. Kill the cards. Oh, what yeah, I remember that one. Tell where you are. I was telling you suck. You know what? I, I quit. I really quit. <laughs> the Kwame Brown of fantasy baseball. I love enough somebody to say that. Wayne Grove Party Con, right? Yeah. You're dreading this already. <laughs> Which two men are on? T-M-O, baby. That's hot. Uh, I did 
make a really off-the-cuff comment at the beginning of the season, you know, for uh, the epidemic. I said, you know, uh, first, uh, worst to first, and then back to worst, and I never would have imagined that, you know, five, six weeks into the season that the epidemic would still be kind of sitting there at the bottom, and um, I think I think both managers are kind of trying to do everything they can. We've seen a lot of uh, a lot of pickups from both teams, and uh, uh, Ort gets plenty of critique for streaming, and, and but you've seen a number of managers now, including Mike, and uh, I've seen a lot of activity from Bill, um, just daily pickups and, and what, what's been termed streaming. Yeah, you know, Scott, you know, there with, with, the, uh, with the elevation, always, you know, you get the impression he's always kind of working on his next roster move, so uh, you know things are coming uh, in that regard for his squad, and, and Matt, too, you know, we know he's a smart guy, and, and he's not, particularly, he's one that's not afraid to make a trade. Uh, uh, or so we've seen so far, and you know I, I fully expect, frankly, to, to see a little bit of a little bit more movement uh, uh, with this squad here in the, in the next few weeks if he's trying to tool uh, his team into a uh, you know playoff contender as it was last year. And you know I, I think one point we have to you know look at uh, when it comes to the ep- epidemic is you know that squad plays in one of probably two divisions in the BDL where. You could see three playoff teams in, in one division. You know, and unfortunately for Matt, he plays in one of those. And you know, although he has, you know, his breakdown record is, is quite good. You know, he, he's ranked sixth right now here in week six uh, in, in the breakdown. So you know, as far as his actual numbers, good enough for a playoff spot. But we see him there, you know, pulling up the the rear end of the East Division right now. And and uh, you know, it's you know, a lot do with luck and, and a lot to do with other things as well. What, what do you think is, is the key uh, is the key point there so far this season, Johnny, as far as both those squads really? Bad luck or just bad players? Well, I think for both teams, um, it's been tremendous bad luck. Um, I don't know that that you could have worse luck in, in a worse division than the East. Um, sitting in fourth because you know the top two teams right now are uh, are still ahead of you by quite a few games, and even the Rockets. Um, I, I don't think we could say even the Rockets anymore because um, they're constantly making moves. Still, like every day, you know, making a trade here and there. Um, Absolutely, it's going to be really tough to uh, get out of that basement. Uh, he's got a challenge ahead, and uh, as far as the elevation is concerned, that's uh, I think that's straight bad luck. I mean, they're they're sitting fourth in the breakdown record. I mean, they're putting up stats. They've got, again, if I look at my my stat sheet, um, through five weeks, they've got 497 innings, 79 games started. I mean, that, again, leads the league. They lead the league in RBIs and strikeouts. So, you know, you know they're turning over these hitters, uh, trying to get as many at-bats uh, as possible. Um, so... I don't think they have bad players. They have a lot of players, and um, you know, so there's been a couple uh, key uh, hot cold matchups. I think that that kind of played uh, more towards Scott's favor so far. Um, in that uh, he's got a guy like Canerco, who's uh, been all world as far as hitting home runs so far this year. Where you know Matt's got uh, like a, a slow start for Ryan Howard. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, you, you, you look at those 
if those slow starts. And, you know, Zobris is another. He, he really counted on, on him this year, I think, and especially after dealing away uh, 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 Evan Longoria uh, in the off season to the Rebels. You know, kind of kind of look to those guys to, to you know keep up their their paces from last year, and and that's really not happened. And, and, it, and you know, it's, of course, it's equated to you know a poor record where otherwise. You know, you know, we look at the breakdown again, and it's, it's there's really no rhyme or reason why uh, he, he should be, uh, or either of them should be in the positions that they are. Uh, you know, you look also at, uh, you know, they're, they're, going back to what you said, their number of players, both squads have, are very deep, especially with their rotations. You know, we look at the starts next week, and the elevation have, uh, I believe, 17, 17 potential starting pitchers next week, and the, the epidemic Right behind them at 14, and so yeah, it's insane. Yeah, it's, it's it's very insane. You know, you look at the volume of of numbers that both squads are capable of putting up, and it, it just you know it boggles the mind why they are underperforming the way they are. I mean, it's it's absolutely a case, you know, of of, of just bad luck to start the year. I, I don't think there's any other real explanation. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, and you also look at uh, some of the injuries they've had, uh, and this this will lean again to to scout side. The um, guy like De La Rosa goes out, and Marquis, even though he didn't start the year well, I mean he's out, so he could potentially have twenty plus starts in a week. And uh, I, I think these both these two teams, with their depth, with their um, pickups, are going to be turning uh, stats out every week. So I would I would say. It's going to be tough for Matt, given his division, um, but both have an sh- outside shot at getting getting in the playoffs, of course. And um, I like Scott's chances for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you, that's you know, you kind of need to single one out again this early in the year. But you know, when you look things over, I, I think that the elevation have a much greater chance at this point of sliding into the postseason. Um, uh, you know, than the ep- epidemic based on their home divisions, you know, it, it's going to be so hard for Matt's squad to, to uh, make up the ground that he's lost in the East for the remainder of the year. And, you know, you look at, uh, you know, the elevation playing there in the West, you know, going to have some easy matchups throughout the year, you know, a few times, or should be anyway, if their luck doesn't persist. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there, I think there's an extremely good chance that Scott does snag a wild card berth uh, at the end of the year. But, you know, we'll see how it plays out. So, Johnny, what's your matchup prediction for Baltimore versus Kill Devil Hills in Week 7? Well, I don't think I have a specific number of games. Uh, I could probably guess. Uh, given given the elevations, number of starts, um, given a lot uh, a lot of their players that are, that are hitting right now, even though if you look at this week, I think uh, the epidemic is playing a little better this week, uh, talking about Week, week 6. Um, I'm going to lean towards Scott in the matchup. I'm going to give him five, six, seven wins for sure, somewhere in that range. Um, Matt will be lucky to, to get four if he, if he can do that. Yeah, um, you see, I think I'm going to go the opposite direction, actually. I, I, I think Matt is due, and, um, you know, the, the elevation have, have been very streaky lately, and they've, they've not played well the last two weeks, and, uh, you know, Baltimore hasn't played well all year. Um, based on the matchups, anyway, and I, I, just, I think they're due for a decent win. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go six four Baltimore next week. Okay, yeah. I mean, what do you think about that, Scott? No respect again from the generals. And, 
Um, I have one last question for you on the matchup. I think these both these guys, this is more like a comment, or maybe you can comment on it as well. They love to battle Craig, and they're constantly uh, beating each other up on the boards. I don't know. They've both been unlucky, but I don't know after after the way Craig started this year if or if or when the next time they're going to beat him is. I mean, you know, the Bulldogs, you know, they're better than both squads, you know, quite handily right now, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, the elevation has got them the one time they're going to this year. But, uh, you know, the epidemic has, uh, you know, two more swings at the uh, former champions uh, later on in the year. So and we'll see how it goes. But, I, you know, it, it's going to be a tall order, I think, for, uh, uh, for, for Matt to best uh, his buddy there. Craig, uh, at all this year, frankly. Yeah, it should be exciting. I'm excited for next week's matchup. Absolutely. Well, let's throw it down on the farm with our new TMO correspondent, Daisy Baker. Howdy, y'all. TMO correspondent, Daisy Baker here, coming at you from Sunbaked Cochise County in the great state of Arizona. Well, great if your last name ain't Lopez, Martinez, or Gonzalez. I'm on location at the Marshalls Training Field, where 18 Richmond Rebels upstarts are following the lead of Oakland first baseman Chris Carter, who's finally heating up to AAA pitching at Sacramento. Carter, arguably the Rebels' top minor league position player, hit a pair of three-run long balls Sunday bucking the trend of a sub-260 average that has followed Carter throughout the early 2010 season. Finally a good game, Carter told MILB.com. It kind of all came together. The Rebels are hoping Carter comes alive soon, returning to double-A form where he smashed 24 homers while batting a sparkling 336. Despite six home runs to start the season, Third base prospect Josh Bell, who it's believed Rebels Brass hope will prove dandy trade bait later this summer, has managed only a 256 batting average for AAA Norfolk. What's more concerning is the 23-year-old splits for the 2010 season. While the Rockford, Illinois native is hitting a respectable 286 against righties, his .063 average versus Southpaws in 16 plate appearances leaves something to be desired. And with a whopping 34 strikeouts so far, Bell is surely giving the Rebels all the frustration they can handle. Unfortunately, Richmond ain't had better luck in its pursuits of a long-term backstop option. With current catcher Rod Barrages, whose nine home runs and 19 RBIs through 94 at-bats have bought the Rebels some time at the position. Playing through minor nagging injuries, the team has counted on a trio of prospects in Cochise County to make a splash. So far, that splash has sounded more like a Goodyear tire playing footsie with a mud puddle under a sun lamp. A pair of Astros backstops, 26-year-old J.R. Towles, and 22-year-old Jason Castro are batting 143 and 244 in the minors, respectively, with a combined 12 RBIs. Not exactly fantasy-friendly production. To make matters worse, youngster Lou Marson, 
who has seen major league at bats this year for the Indians, is hitting under the Mendoza line with no home runs. Barrages probably ain't complaining. For TMO, this is Daisy Baker. Bye, y'all. Thanks for that report, Daisy. And now a word from our sponsor. Okay, blowouts, discounts, and deals. Swing by our used car lot as we discount players' picks and pitchers from our president, Johnny Holmes. The first 10 inquiries on players available on our state-of-the-art CBS on the block will receive an autographed photo of Johnny himself. Autographed with his signature phrase, better than you, almost every week. Stop by for deals on Seth Smith, Ryan Westmoreland, and everyone's favorite, a 10-minute jam pitching prospect stud. The KCC used car lot. Come say hi. And remember, you too can advertise your on the block here on TMO. Now for our new TMO segment, TMO Top 5. This week's topic, Survivor, BDL Style. Top 5 Survivors. Let's kick it off at number 5. I'm going to go with Mark. Uh, he played a good game, but... Uh, you know, outlasted all the four players, obviously, coming at number five. But, you know, when the other four got together, he was offered a rare steak, half a bottle of Jack, and he just quit the game. That makes sense. That makes uh, complete sense. Um, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> uh, number four, uh, Craig. I don't know uh, how he made it this long. I think he was voted out during the first tribunal council, uh, but resurfaced in the top five after trading Scotty a resurgent Willie Mo Pena. The general's organization does not think that's a funny joke, Tommy. Craig, you're a bastard. Number three, our buddy Scott Ort. He made it to the top three. But three. congratulations, Lord. But he drowned in a stream of Micronesian relief pitchers. That's irony. You got hit with a big bag of irony there. Um, this is a very exciting top five uh, Survivor BDL edition. Um, I, I, I didn't think half these players would uh, make it through. Well, this is out of 16, right? Or are we going way back? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, no, let's see. Number two. Uh, well, congratulations. He made it all the way to the top two. Let's give Earn a hand. Um, all right, Earn. Very, very good, Earn. Um, which means the winner of Survivor BDL is Michael Polidoro. Wait, wait. That's not Mike. That's not that's Mike. Wearing, no, that's someone wearing a really ugly mask. That's I could have I swore it was Mike. <laughs> that's Richard Clark. Richard Clark? Nice try, Richard. Nice try. But no dice. That means Ern is the sole survivor. Oh, Ern made it. Ern, yeah. <laughs> you got to figure he would, he would make it to the uh, the top one. He's been a survivor in the league for a long time. Uh, everyone has counted him out every year. But he is the top survivor. Yeah, congratulations, Ern. Okay, guys. We're going to cap the show off with the 
quote of the week this week coming all the way back from June 13, 2006. Quote, This is the Wallaby's secret weapon. He lures you in close and then smothers you with his tits. Brian Caskey. That's beautiful, Brian. That's beautiful. That was one of the funniest things I've ever uh, read at the time. Uh, I think there was a lot of discussion about uh, the Wallabies' man boobs back then. Uh, oh, the man boobs. Classic BDL fodder, the man boobs. Oh, yeah. That needs to be a T-shirt. Uh, next BDL T-shirt gets some man boobs. But Fred's uh, pulled himself up uh, from, from the early years. Uh, now he's got some heavy North Division pride going on. Um, so I think he's got the respect of the league, and um, he's, he's really happy right now. So uh, we wish him all the best there. Well, guys, uh, we're happy to be back, and we look forward to, uh, to coming at you hopefully every week here um, to give you some matchup previews. And, and uh, it's, it's, uh, it's been fun, Johnny. You've been listening to Two Men On. We're out. TMO. These men always know where their balls are.